then next Sunday morning, as you heard, you come at 10 o'clock. We're going to have a wonderful Christmas Day service. We only get to do this every once in a while. Now, Rich made it very clear to you that only children can wear their pajamas. So that means you can open presents and come straight to church. But we will give you this concession. But you can come dressed warmly and casually next Sunday morning so that you can come in and be warm until you enter the warmth of this place. And then we're going to enjoy being together and worshiping on Christmas Sunday morning. It's going to be a very special time. Now, the last thing I need to share with you is that uh, it goes under the heading of what does Dr. Hutchins know about anything anyway? Because just a while ago, you announced that we had uh, $68,600 toward our Lottie Moon goal. But I want you to know, during our time of just receiving the offering, I've already had commitment made that said, today we met our, goal, our uh, Lottie Moon offering goal on this day. And that is special. That is so special. Now, if you were not able to bring your offering, if you've gotten left it at home, don't say to yourself, so they reach the offering, they don't need this anymore. You just go ahead and be a part. Don't rob yourself of the privilege of being part of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering because it's a very, very special time. Good news, great joy. You know, this Christmas has been a little bit unusual from what most years are like. You know, every year during this season, there always seems to be something that kind of becomes the it gift for that year. You know, that if get gift that everybody has to have, that toy, that doll, that game, that something, and everybody wants one. And all of a sudden, everybody's in a mad scramble to get hold of that it gift. Stores can't keep enough of it. People will do what they have to, to get, uh, in order to get one. Folks will fuss at the people standing behind the counter if they can't get hold of that gift that we've got to have this year because everybody has to have that gift. But this year, I haven't heard about what that gift is. I haven't heard anybody saying, I've got to have it. I haven't watched the commercials on television and saw what it was. And I sat down and talked to other people and said, what is the major gift that everybody wants? And nobody's been able to tell me except this. This year, the must-have gift that everybody needs is this, good news. I need some good news I have spent the whole year listening to bad news, slow news, depressing news, the kind of news that you want somebody to, to shake you and help you wake up from. What we really need this year is some good news, some life-changing good news. So this morning, I want to give you that it gift that everybody's longing for, everybody's hungry for, not just the people sitting in this church, not just the people sitting in churches everywhere else. People who haven't given church a, a thought over the past year are still folks who are saying, where can I turn to find it? Where can I get the good news that everybody is hungry for? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I can deliver it this morning to you. But if you want to get some, you're going to have to join me in a journey to a hillside near Bethlehem 
because that's where the good news comes from. Of all the people who are part of the coming of Jesus, I think I identify with the shepherds more than anybody else that's found in the story. I have a feeling a lot of people feel like me. They were ordinary people living ordinary lives, going about their daily customs. They were shepherds on a hillside. I've always thought that because that's where they found themselves, it must be that these were the shepherds who were the youngest, the least experienced, the ones who were told by the older shepherds, you have to stay because I've earned the right to be at home with my family at night. And I think these were folks who didn't really want to be there that night. It was dark. It was cold. It seemed as though the warmth even of the fire, uh, firesides that they found themselves around didn't carry very far. It was just a dark, silent night. I would imagine not one of those shepherds went to work that night saying to the people around them, I just have a feeling something special is going to happen tonight. I'm just so glad that we're here because God is up to something and I can just feel it in the air. I don't think that's what happened that night. I think they were going about their lives just like they'd always done, never suspecting a thing until the night sky was torn asunder by the glory of God. And they were struck to the ground in fear because they'd never seen anything like that. But that's when they heard the greatest announcement the world has ever heard. Do not be afraid. I've come to bring good news of great joy. Unto you is born this day a Savior, a world-changing message that called for a life-changing response. And it is still changing lives today and that's why God said to the shepherds as he said to so many of those others who are involved in the Christmas story go where I send thee go where I send thee go to Bethlehem because that's where the good news could be found and there's some things that the angel shared with those shepherds that he wants to share with you as well today because this is where the good news comes from. And the first thing is this, the good news is for everybody. From the beginning, the Christmas announcement was one that included us all. I love what the angel said. Good news of great joy which shall be to all people. All people, everybody, everywhere. That's why we received the Lottie Moon offering at Christmas time. We could do it any other time of year, but somehow it's just appropriate that you do it in the season when the angel said, good news to all people. The Lord wants everybody everywhere to know that love has come. You know, until the coming of Jesus, everybody kind of assumed that God reserved his love. He had it for just one group of people, one particular group of people, the folks you find in the Bible. You know who I mean, the Jews who considered themselves God's chosen people because that's who they had always been. Even the shepherds themselves would only have been allowed around the fringes of the faith. You know, one of the interesting things about these shepherds is the nature of their work was such that while they could believe in God they could worship God but they had to keep their distance from God's house 
even though they provided lambs that would be used for sacrifices, the shepherds were not allowed to come into the temple. They were considered unclean. The fact that that's what you've been doing with your life means you don't need to come into this place. After all, you're common and you're dirty and you're unclean. And there's no place for you in temple worship. The religious leaders would only let them come so far. It was kind of assumed that God's love is for us and you can hang around the edges and there's nowhere for anybody else. That kind of attitude can be just as prevalent today. Too many people believe the good news is for only certain kinds of people. The good news is for good people. The good news is for spiritual people. The good news is for special groups of people that God has decided will be allowed to come in and be part of the fellowship. Repentance and salvation are not available to you unless you really don't need it because you're already such a good person to begin with. But that's not the message the Lord sent to the shepherds. The angel came to declare that the good news is for everyone who hears and believes. Good news. Christ has come for everybody. But not only that, the angel said this, and the good news is for anybody. It's a message for all the world, but it is also the most personal message that you will ever receive. You know, next week a lot of gifts will be exchanged on Christmas Day as families gather around the tree. As you begin to open your gifts, you'll find out that there are different kinds. Some of the gifts will be the things you asked for that you wanted. And some will be kind expressions from people that just want you to know, I remembered you and I thought about you. But the gifts that you're going to remember are going to be the ones that say, I know who you are, I know what you love, and I took a lot of time to find a gift that works just for you. We exchanged our family gifts last night. This is kind of the weekend that we could all be together. And and I got a really special gift yesterday. Several years ago, when my dad passed away, my sister said, so what do you all want to the rest of us? What do you want that's just something really personal that belonged to dad, and and you really want it? And I really thought about that, and I said, you know what I remember? I remember when we were little growing up, my dad had these cufflinks. They had a little red fishing lure in them, which is funny because my dad wasn't a fisherman, but I remember him wearing those cufflinks to church on Sunday and I said if you can find those I would love to have them and and Jane went out and she looked around and she couldn't find them they just didn't show up until about a year and a half ago and suddenly she came up and she said well let me tell you what I found she said I found one cufflink but I can't find the other one but I did find out that dad had a tie tack that went with them And my Christmas gift this year from my wife is she went to a jeweler's and had them take that tie tack and turn it into a cuffling. And doesn't it look good this morning? Can't you tell from where you're sitting? (laughs) I've got my dad's 
cufflinks on. Now, I will always remember that. And I know what you're thinking. Okay, Cooley, so what did you give your wife? <laughs> Personal gifts are the things that matter the most. That's why it's so important to know that the Bible says this. Born to you this day, a Savior. In the city of David, a Savior. Born to you. An intensively personal phrase. I think it's a wonderful thing that the angel said to those shepherds, listen, this is something that's going to change the world. But it's to you, especially tonight. The announcement didn't come to the shepherds because they randomly happened to be on a hillside when the angel chorus arrived. They were specifically chosen to hear the good news as the very first people who would know. The Lord didn't invite some of them to come to the manger. He wanted each of the shepherds to know he was individually invited to the manger. Isn't it good to know that the Bible doesn't say that the angel said, okay, so you and you and you go and you can come back and tell the rest. Each of them was invited to come because that's how God does it. He deals with individual hearts in personal ways. The story of Christmas is the story of the Son of God coming so anybody can have a personal relationship with him. And this Christmas, you may be one of those anybodies. This may be the year when the Christmas story becomes your salvation story. And there's nothing more important you can do than listen when he speaks to you in a personal voice. You see, the good news is the message you need. This is what the angel said to those shepherds. He said, born to you is a Savior. Born to you is a Savior because you need saving. Jesus came to save a world that was sinful and dark and lost. And it still is today. A world that has been ravaged by those who have rebelled against God and chosen to go their own way. It is a world that has tried its best to keep the Lord Jesus Christ at arm's length. You know, I want to acknowledge your birth. I just don't want to talk about how much I need your salvation. I like the idea of Jesus, but I like the idea of Jesus over there. Not right in front of me, not telling me I'm the sinner, not exp uh, explaining to me I've got to have what only Jesus can give. We're careful that we keep him at arm's length. It'd be easy for the Lord to do the same, excuse me, the same thing with you. It'd be easier for the Lord if he kept his distance from you. The way we keep our distance from someone who has an infectious disease that we don't want to be exposed to. A disease like sin. Would have been easier for the Lord to simply said, look, you just stay over there. You stay away from me. Because you really are unclean. 
Because you really are lost. Because you really do need a Savior. Instead, he came down. He came all the way down and took on human flesh so we could see him and touch him. Why would God become one of us? Because we needed saving, and you can't do that long distance. Born to you, a Savior. Not only that, the good news says born to you is Christ. The fulfillment of God's promise. You know, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's his identity. He is the Christ. The one who's been promised. Jesus was not a Savior. He was the Savior because he was the Christ. And that title, Christ, means Redeemer, King. And the Christ was the one who would bring the kingdom of God to earth. And he was the fulfillment of the greatest promise in the world. Born to you is Christ because you need the one who has the authority and the power and the ability to change your life and change your world. The good news is, born to you is a Savior. Born to you is Christ. Born to you is Christ the Lord. Born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. To call him Lord is to acknowledge his authority. He came to be the one in charge. He has authority over heaven and life and, and earth. And he wants authority over your life. Because Jesus is Lord, he will be with you. He will guide you. He will protect you. He will provide for you. He will forgive you. He will bring you everlasting life. He will be your shepherd. But you have to surrender to his lordship. Here's the thing we need to always remember. You cannot negotiate a relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot say to Jesus Christ, I will come this far, but no further. I will trust you this much, but that's all. I will depend upon you as far as I want to, but then I'll depend upon myself. Jesus says to us, either I am Lord or I am nothing in your life. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Think about how many times we have messed everything up when we were in charge. Think about all the ways you have fallen short when it was all up to you. Let's face it, you need a Savior and you need a Lord who can make everything right. I need a Lord who is worthy of absolute surrender. I need Jesus. He is Lord. And that is good news. So, what happened next? The Bible says, following that good news proclamation that Jesus Christ has come to be Savior and Christ and Lord, then a heavenly host filled the sky with praise. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. And when the praise was over, the sky faded again into the darkness of night. And now that they had heard the good news, the shepherds had to decide, what are they going to do? And there was only one answer. Children, go where I send thee. 
So they made three let us decisions right away. They said, let us go. They'd heard the good news. They knew where the baby had been born. He was in the city of David, and they understood what that birth meant. Now they had to decide, are we going to go to Jesus? You see, you can have all the information in the world, and it can be as true as eternity, but if it doesn't lead you to Jesus, it really doesn't matter. You can have the information, and if you never do anything with it, if you don't go, then it doesn't count. It's the decision you face today. Will you choose to go to Jesus? You're invited. You're welcome. The way has been provided. You know how to get to him. But you have to choose. He will never compel you to come. It will always be your choice whether to go to Jesus. Let us go. And then they said, and let us see. Let us go and see for ourselves. Not only did they choose to come to Bethlehem, they had to decide to see what God had done and see it for themselves. They needed to see the baby. This is what occurred to me just the other day. As those shepherds crowded around Mary and Joseph and that baby in a manger, I don't have that feeling that they did the way they do in our nativity scene where they all kneel and they all stand back. That's not what you do when you see a new baby, is it? You want to get right up in his face. You want to be able to hold him and handle him and reach out to him and touch him. And, and this is what I thought about the other day. And in doing that, you think about the fact that these shepherds were the first ones to touch his hands and his side. Like would happen again. When he rose from the dead. Let us go. And let us see for ourselves. Let's touch him. If there's anything you and I need this Christmas. It is a personal encounter. With Christ. If you don't know Christ as Savior. I don't know any greater gift I could give you. Than the good news. But you got to see it. For yourself. And then they said this, and let us tell. The Bible says after they had been to the manger, they knew everything they had heard was true. They had seen him and touched him and handled him and worshipped him. And then they knew what they had to do. The Bible says they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. In other words, they went everywhere saying to people, let me tell you what happened to me. I was there. It's not something somebody told me about. I was there. I saw the angels. I went to the manger. I've been in Bethlehem. I want to make him known. And this Christmas and every day of our lives, we're called to make Jesus widely known. Children, go where I send thee. Spread the news. Let's go. Let's see him for ourselves. Let's make him known. Because God has sent his son. Today you may be here and you're thinking, you know what? It's not personal for me. 
It's not that I don't believe the story. It's not that I don't accept the fact that God sent his son. It's just that I've never let it be real in my own life. I've never had my personal encounter with a living Jesus. But today I want to. Today I want to trust him for myself. I want to follow him for myself. I want to believe in him for myself. Today I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to trust him as my savior. And I want to follow him as my Lord. Is that a decision you need to make today? Just a moment, we're standing, we're going to sing an invitation hymn, and it's your chance to come here, and I'll be here at the front. Dr. Hutchins will be here. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. Or maybe you're here, and you need to be part of a fellowship, a church family, where you can know, this is where I belong. This is where my membership is. This is that place where I know they're going to love me and they're going to follow Christ with me and we're going to lift one another up and I just want to be part of what God is doing at First Baptist. Or maybe there's another decision. We're going to stand, we're going to sing, and as God speaks to your heart, you come. Let's stand together. been a great day in God's house. We've been blessed with our music. Our kids were a blessing to us. Penny, thank you again for a blessing. It's been a great time in God's house, and I really am looking forward to next week. I, I, I so look forward to seeing you as we share Christmas Eve communion and Christmas Day worship. It's going to be a great time. Let's bow together now. Let's pray, and then after that, one last song. Father, we just thank you that we have a Savior who came to all of us and came to each of us. And Father, we just thank you that you are such a blessing in our lives. And we trust you individually, personally, intensively as our Savior. Bless us, Lord, as we go from this place and bring us back next week to celebrate the birth of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Emmanuel.
God bless you. Hit it.